to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday Praise and Worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible Study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. You don't always have to understand what's going on. You don't have to receive a visitation or anything like that. And I know we like hearing that because we hear other people say, well, you know, um, I received a word. We don't know how long they was waiting to receive that word. And we don't know the, the, the dynamics all we know is the tidbit that they told us. But I want to encourage you that the most powerful thing that there is in this universe, in all lifetimes, is the Word of God. The Bible tells us that obedience is better than sacrifice. What we obey is the Word of God and nothing else. Listen, I want to just give you this little bit of reminder as we go forward and prepare for the word of God. You know, uh, the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and 6, it said, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, that he is. God exists. He's real. He's in your life. He's in my life. He's governing everything and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Psalms 27 and 13 said, I had fainted. I would have thrown in the towel. I would have given up. I would have stopped in my tracks. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You ever been there? Where you just wanted to throw in the towel? You wanted to stop right where you were because of what people were saying or because of the way things was going. And, you know, once things start going, look like they're going south. You, you know, there's some utterance going on, too, uh, behind us. Well, look at them. Huh? You know, what's going on with them and why they don't have and why they, you know, and on and on and on. But he said, I, I would have fainted because of those things. But I, I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And so we want to embrace the word of God, whatever God has spoken in your life. You know, I used to hear them say that delayed is not denied. And, you know, as you mature, as you get older, you start to realize that some things that you did not understand. You start to understand them and you might even ask, say, why did I have to go through this? And they they didn't. Well, that's what makes you unique. That's what makes you who you are. That's what adds power to your voice. That's what gives you something to say. They don't have the same word that you have. And, and you don't have what they have. And thank God. Thank God you don't have what they have. Because, you know, as they used to say, you don't know what a person went through to get what they have. And some people didn't go through anything, but they got it. And it don't mean that that is better. And I'm not saying that is worse. Don't, 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 don't say that I said that. What I am saying is that the impact and the power behind what you go through and God gives you is different 
than what someone that has not gone through anything. Hmm. All right. So there are seven churches in Asia, which means there are seven characteristics of groups and seven characteristics of individuals that God himself described. And I didn't say that man described it, I said God described it. God said what he thought about these seven churches. So I'm not concerned about what, what you know, you wake up one morning, no offense to nobody, but you wake up one morning, you say, well, my church is, is like the church of brotherly love. You know, that's you saying that. What is God saying? What does God have to say about the characteristics of the group? What does he have to say about the characteristics of the individual? We need to know that, or at least you need to understand that, you know, uh, what is God saying about you? It's important to understand what he's saying about you because uh, the, the, those that went to, went to the Lord saying, we cast out devils in your name, they had a different perception about themselves. Those that went to the Lord and said, well, we preached and, and you know, we healed the sick in your name. They had a different perception than what God had. And, and so we want to make sure that we line up with God's perception and whatever changes that need to be made, that we make those changes. It is the utmost necessity. And it's all about the saving of your soul. Now, because of business, you know, I spent some time on social media and it's not a favorite thing. I see some things that are very comical, but at the same time, I see some things that are very sad. And so I see ministers are trespassing the word of God, um, hanging out dirty laundry, just just doing stuff, saying stuff for the sake of sensationalism and, you know, and they think it's humorous. And But what does God have to say about it? If he's already spoken about it in his word, that if you see a brother or sister overtaking in a fault and you have not counseled with them, you don't have a right to put them on blast. You don't have a right to call them demons or anything like that. The Bible said, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. And so even when Saul was trying to kill David, David had had the upper hand on Saul when he went to the bathroom inside of a cave and he could have killed Saul and he didn't because he understood the principles and the ethics of God. So there are ethics, you know, and I, I don't see that the ethics, you know, just like their pulpit etiquettes and different things that we have uh, when you enter the house of God. It, it, for the church, how come that's not being displayed even on social media? And I'm not saying pretend like everything is right, but I'm not saying to put hang your dirty laundry out there too. There's a way to deal with stuff. So you need to understand the crowd is not going to save you. The crowd's not going to save you in the end. You know, um, we need to follow what God is saying, and that's in all areas. And, and so I'm not going to spend any more time with that in this moment. Well, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your love and your mercy, your kindness and how you have blessed us throughout this day. Lord God, I pray and ask that you bless those that are fasting. Lord God, as we are fasting and seeking your guidance, Lord, throughout this uh, this time and, and as long as you should come, we're going to continue to fast while we're waiting on you. Lord God, we're occupying our time, Lord Jesus, preparing, um, seeking souls and, and 
doing your will, whatever your will is, Lord God. We want to understand what it is and know how to carry it out. Lord, so I pray and ask that you would bless us, Lord God. And you said if we acknowledge you in all our ways, that you would direct our path. And Lord God, so we are acknowledging you, Lord God, and, and with our whole hearts. We're not leaning to our own understanding so that we can hear from you, Lord God, and to follow your word. Lord, we thank you right now. And I ask that you would bless those that are listening near and far. Lord God, I thank you for the, the souls that are here and uh, locally, right here in California, that are listening. Lord God, I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, as they are, Lord Jesus, uh, uh, responding to your word. Lord God, and others on different uh, different uh, graphical locations, Lord God, different time zones, different continents that are that are also listening to your word, Lord Jesus, at their time. I ask that you would bless them, Lord God, and those that are sick in their body and they're listening, Lord God, to your word. And at the same time, they're dealing with whatever physical ailment. Lord, I pray and ask that you would bless them, Lord, you comfort their hearts. Lord Jesus, you know the, the financial struggles that that your people have and those that have been good stewards and Lord God, and now they're dealing with the difficult times. I ask that you would bless them, Lord Jesus, that you would, uh, that you would help them, Lord God, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and not only that, but those that are closest to them, Lord, and Lord, help us to be a help to others. Lord, we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, I want to thank you for joining the online service of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home, growth, and ministry, I want to invite you to join us, to grow with us, and be blessed with us. Certainly, I am blessed. And I'm just going to tell you like this. If you hang around me, you will be blessed too. That has nothing to do with my ability. It's all about God's ability and what the Lord is able to do. You know, David said, uh, you, you anointed my head with oil, my cup running over. And so as my cup runs over those that are nearby, you know, I used to hear the um, my godmother say that when the, the cup runs over, the saucer is blessed. If it runs off the saucer, then the, the table is blessed. And so as so there is an extension of the blessing uh, for those that are nearby. And so you want to you want to be near. If there's someone your pastor is blessed, stay close. I'm not saying invade their space. I'm not saying bug them, be on the phone with them all the time. But you want to stay near. You want to stay near, and you want to have attentive ear to what they're saying. You know, while others are just dismissing it as being the word. Oh, they preached today, and they remember that moment. They remember they went to church, and they and they were in the. I, I like to say the barnyard dance, you know, they, um, they, they're doing the barnyard dance. And, you know, like I said, there's some comical stuff that when you look back over it, you see it, you know. And so everybody's doing the same thing, but they're not retaining. Are you retaining the word? You're retaining the word. And the word had you, you, you shouting, making a shout to me is an audible sound. And uh, it had you dancing which is a demonstrative, um, you know, outward display. Um, and so, you know, when no one else is around, when no one else is around, you're not at church and all of a sudden you feel the power of God. You're walking through the house, you're walking through the store, 
next thing you know, you, you, you in your mind, you might be hearing one thing and coming out of you is the is you speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God give utterance or prayer may be going on and you're just, you're just caught up in the spirit in that moment. And when I said the prayer could be going on, it doesn't mean that you speaking in tongues and praying at that moment, you could just be caught up in a prayer or praise and, you know, just being transformed in that moment. God does that. And others see it and hear it, and they're not offended. They are at all because of the fact that God is still moving today in 2023 um, on, on the 20th day of December, as he did in, um, at the beginning of time. God has not stopped moving. Neither have we come to a conclusion we have not come to the eschatology of all things yet. Uh, we have not entered into the end time. Nope, we, we've not entered there yet. Uh, we're still in this dispensation of grace. So we're still right there in where Paul are, has set things. Paul and other writers of the gospel were setting things in order. You know, and God has not called um, others to set things in order. He's already given the order. And so we should look at what order God has given and obey it. You know, uh, there's a lot that I want to say, and I can't because time is not going to permit it. And so we're going to go on into the word of God. Now we're in the book of Genesis. We're in the book of Genesis. Uh, God bless you. This, this is Pastor Carl. For those that may just now be tuning in, you listen to the Cornerstone of Grace again at 524 East Fasten Street in the city of Pomona. If you are in the uh, the Moreno Valley area, San Bernardino, Riverside, L.A. County. We are centrally located um, for your convenience. And, and so I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what he has shown me. And I'm excited about what I hear. And that is his word. And that's what I'm excited about. Like I said, you don't have to understand everything to be excited about God. You don't have to understand everything to obey him. Just obey him. Now, again, we're in the book of Genesis touching what is referred to as the law of particularization, moving from the general to the particular, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We are touching the creation, the principal person who is the cause of all things, and um, the design and mind behind everything. And so if you haven't already, if you will, let's open our, our Bibles up to the book of Genesis, the 24th chapter. And I'm going to start reading at the um, the fifth verse, the fifth verse. I'm looking for God to do something. I walk with expectations, you know, of what God is going to do. And I want to encourage you to do the same because um, because he's God. He's sovereign. You should walk with the expectation that you're serving him and that he's going to fulfill his word in your life. If you walk with God, if you say you walk with him and you have no expectations, that's offensive. That's like being in any other relationship and, and not having an expectation of it being the best. You know, you ought to expect your relationship with someone that you're in to be the best. Your, your wife it is going it's the best baby. You the best. Uh, your husband, he is the best. 
that there's no one like him. You know, your love is reserved for him. And that's how God feels about us. His love is reserved for us and ours for him. All right, you got it. Genesis 24, 5 through 9. Um, it says, and the servant said unto him, uh, preadventure, the woman will not be willing to follow me in this land. Must I me bring the son again into the land from whence thou comest, camest? And Abraham said unto him, beware that thou bring not my son thither again. And don't, don't take my son there. Don't, we're not doing that. And the Lord God of heaven, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred and which spake unto me and that swear unto me, saying unto thy seed, will I give this land? He shall send his angel before thee and thou shalt take a wife unto my son from thence. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear from this my oath bring not my son thither again. And the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swear to him concerning the matter. I want to ask the question this evening, and that is how loyal are you? How loyal are you? Are you loyal? Now, loyal or loyalty means that you are devoted, you, you consider it to be reliable. You know, some people are, are reliable. <laughs> you know, you can rely on them to do the opposite of what you said <laughs> or, you know, are not doing it. They're reliable in that area. But let's, we're talking about a faithful, uh, a good thing, a good uh, area. Are you devoted? Are you reliable? Are you trustworthy? You know, I've been racing you know, um, it, I have a, a, a little commute. It's not long, but it's it's comfortable commute to the church. And on Sunday mornings, I have not breaking the speed limit all the time, but I've raced to be there um, because there is a deacon that is there um, at the church before I am, and I be I race to get there to beat him. And so far, I've, I've lost, and that's commendable. I know he's there on time. You know, our service starts at nine and he's there an hour early waiting to set up and to check everything because that's the way we have to do it at this moment. <clears throat> and he is there on time in place, you know, um, to to make sure that things are done Um decently in order in a timely matter so that at nine o'clock we can go right in. Well, actually before nine o'clock, we can, we can start praying and seeking the Lord, you know, because everything has been set up, but he's devoted. He's reliable. Um, he's trustworthy as others, uh, brother G, you know, when I get there. And so I'm, so I have some men that are just are there, you know, waiting. They, they, they aren't, they aren't ready. Can God say that you're on ready? Can he say that you're, you're, you're there, you're devoted, you're reliable, you're trustworthy. He know that, that, that when he shows up, he knows right where you're going to be at a specific time. How is your devotion to God? 
And so are you, at, let me ask it this way. Are you as devoted to God as you are to your natural employer? Your natural employer, you know, we're very devoted to our employment because we get a check and we don't want to miss that check. So we go to work. We're not feeling 100, but we go. Now, I don't want you coming to church sick. If you sick, I mean, really sick. I, I don't mean because you you got a headache. If you if you like me and I have not had any coffee today, then you feel a little strange and you be, you're wondering why your day is off. I haven't had no coffee and I I just realized that. And so yes, I'm going to have coffee when after uh, this lesson. But I was like, man, something is off here. So you know. That's not sick. Sick is when you are really, you're bedridden, you, you, you're out of it. We're on time for work. Are we on time for service? Or do we drag in and say, oh, here we go. Here we go. Woe is me. Same old, same old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, all right. So anyway, listen. Do we, uh, I, we we should go to service on time now now let me let me throw something at you this right now let me let me put this out there and and it's this is that you dictate the service you dictate the service the pastor does not dictate the message no it's the church you the congregation you dictate the message. Yes, you have control over what God is going to say by the life that you live. Mm -hmm. And so you're dictating the message, not the leader, N not the leader. At least that's from my understanding and my experience with God is that now, why am I going to come in and, and teach or talk about fornication? You're running out, you you know, you, you, you're doing stuff. When you're not doing that, if you're not doing it, why do I need to talk about it? No, there's no one, if there's no one there that needs to be dealt with in that area, or if I, or if there's one person that do, I can deal with that one person. I don't have to deal with the entire congregation. So you dictate the message. God discerned uh, through the discernment of the, the Holy Ghost. And the minister knows because he's been, uh, we're in the presence of God. I hope, I'm praying that you're in the presence of the Lord. And so we're seeking and asking him to give us guidance of what to, what to say, how to go forth and to present a word for you, to give you strength, to help you with being steadfast and movable. So we learn on the natural job what is required of us for employment services and we come to church and we say well i don't want to have anything to do with serving the lord well if you are of the body then you are already involved in service my hands well let's just deal with my fingernails my fingernails don't look at my my arm and say well you know i'm not gonna scratch and comfort you you know you got an itch i ain't scratching you but no Mm -mm. My hand has never told my, my body 
I told my thigh that I'm not going to scratch it. It's never told my back I'm not going to scratch it. It's never done that. It's never done that. You know, it's never told my, my leg muscles that, you know, that it's not going to carry me or anything like that. And so, and that's what gets me about how we say we're the body of Christ or people. And I still have a problem with that, you know, so don't, don't mind me, you know, I'll address that one day, but how do you say that we are the body of Christ and you're destroying one another? You're self-destruct in self-destruct mode, just, just tearing each other up. That's crazy. Your, your foot kicking your behind, your hand slapping your face. All right, let's go. We learn what is required of us for employment services. We know the who, the what's going on at the location. And so how is it that we don't apply ourselves in that way, a positive way for the Lord? Does God get the same attention to deal um, as far as the details as you are, you're loyal, you're a loyal servant to your natural employer. Are you loyal to God? Can the Lord say that you're faithful to him? You're as faithful as you are to other things. For some, the answer is yes. For others, the answer is no. Now, there are um, 50%. Well, only let's deal with this 50% for a moment. The Bible said that there were um, 10 um, brides. 10 brides. And five of them were wise and five were foolish. Y'all know where I'm going with it. So some of them had they act together. They had what was needed. They, they followed the instructions that was given them because somebody gave them some wise advice. Be prepared. Be prepared. And that's been our, our, our ongoing message is be prepared. Uh, and, you know, something is going to happen. Walk with expectations. And so that re, that means preparedness. And five of them didn't believe it. They were, they were uh, uh, just, they just didn't believe it. And so they didn't have enough. They, they walked unprepared. And when the bridegroom came, five of them was ready. And the five that weren't was like, hey, hey, wait, wait a minute, hold it. Give us some, can we borrow some of what you have? And they was like, no, wait a minute. If we let you have some of what we have, we may not have enough. And we all going to be in bad shape. And so we can't do that. Go, You run and get some for yourself. You run back to town. And by the time they went back, it was too late. Uh, the five had went in and the five, when they came back, the door had been closed. You don't want to be standing outside looking in. You don't want to be unprepared for what God has because you have now, you thought it was okay to be loosey goosey. You thought it was okay to, uh, you know, to do it your way instead of God's way. And some is going to leave even tonight feeling that way. And, and that's sad. It's a sad state to be in because we're going to go on. And I don't even have to say I'm going to run on and see what the end is going to be. It's been written in the word. I know what the end is going to be. I'm going to be participating in it. I'm a participant of the end result. And so, listen, and so uh, there are times that, and I want to speak these things to encourage your heart. You know, you might be feeling a certain way. You know, at, you know, one morning I woke up, I was feeling a certain way. And yes, ministers do feel a certain way, you know, from time to time, because things can feel overwhelming. Thoughts 
can be overwhelming. You're looking for direction and, and, so, and God don't speak and tell you something, but that's because it's already in his word. It's already in the word and you're going to have to depend on that. And so feeling a certain way and ministers feel a certain way at times. And so what it caused me to do as I was driving up the street, I began to talk to God about the way I was feeling. And, and I told him, I said, I reaffirmed my loyalty to him. Can you reaffirm your loyalty to the Lord? Can you let him know that you will obey his word, that you will do what he's asking you to do? Uh, it don't mean that you're not. But when Paul told uh, Timothy, his son in the gospel said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. In other words, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, when things are going good, when they're not going good, can you reaffirm your commitment to the Lord? I, I let them know that I would preach, I would teach, I would exhort, I would live his word regardless, regardless, regardless. When it seemed, when it seemed like things are going my way and when it don't, I still got to live in, in a way that's going to, that my soul is going to be saved. You want your soul to be saved. You see, uh, and so that, that just kind of goes into an area of having some common sense. Yeah, a little common sense, you know, to practice, you know, sense enough to know if my struggle with God is lighter than my struggle without God, then I need to stay close to God. I need to stay close to him. What would it be like if I wasn't close? What would it be like if you wasn't close to him? There is an enemy. There is an enemy. Sin. Enemy. Because of the contaminant. That alone. And so no one is immune from sickness, hurts, or various sorts, disappointment, or other things, or joys associated in this life. What you do in the moment says a lot about your loyalty. What you do in the moment. When the situation, when you're facing the situation, what you do says a lot about your loyalty. Now, Job, and I keep mentioning Job because it said that Job lived during the time of Abraham. And so he had experience with God and something we'll examine later. But understand he was he was loyal to God. Job was loyal. Uh, the Bible said in, in Job, the first chapter, the first verse, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect, upright, one that feared God, and he eschewed. He hated evil. He hated evil. My, my pastor planted a seed in me years ago. I don't, I'm sure there are others that also can attest to this, but I talk about it because it, is, it was impactful in my life. And my pastor said, learn to hate the evil. Learn to learn to hate the evil and to love the good. And I, I had to go and I found that scripture. I found that being quoted in several places. I didn't know at that time, but it made a difference in my life. And so the Bible tells us that Job feared God and he hated evil. He hated evil. Don't know when he arrived at that point, but he arrived there. And evil, because you hate something, don't mean that you walk around talking about other people that's in that situation because they had just like you're saved and you 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 say you're sanctified and set aside for the lord uh, there are others that are not and they're doing the same thing similar things that you did or would have done if god had not saved you and you don't have a right to 
to clobber them. You don't have a right to beat them down. They soul need to be saved. And there are others that, that you will not be able to reach because of your character, but someone else may be able to reach them. But don't you leave a bitter taste on them so that when they hear that you're from, that you are representing uh, the Lord, that they turn a deaf ear quickly because of you. And, and so wisdom is used in that area of who you're dealing with, no matter what they are caught up in. Well, I hate them. God didn't tell you to hate nobody. He didn't tell you to hate anyone. No. And there's hatred that people are exercising. Here, I was cooking some, some cheese grits and eggs this morning. And, um, and, and I was thinking about how people make statements and say, well, you know, I love you in the Lord. No, you don't. If it's not a true love, are you telling me that if, if you were in a church, you would hate me? You would try to do me harm? You, maybe you would avoid me, stay away from me. I, I don't know what's up with that statement. You don't love me in the Lord. I don't even think people know what that statement means. I, I don't. It, they've never explained it. But I think it's offensive to say that uh, to anyone, especially when Christ said that by this, all men shall know you're my disciples. And people know when it's genuine love and when it's not, just like you do. All right, let's go. Talking about God's loyalty, I found a notepad uh, in in the car, I was going Sunday, we were going to another church to encourage the saints, you know, and just to be there, just to say hello, you know, thinking about you, love you, you know, and when we got there, it was a good time because it was, um, they were having, um, the kids was up performing and singing and everything. And it was great. I've seen these children, um, as infants, as adult, and now they're just sprouting up and they're, they're doing things for the Lord. And it was just wonderful to see that going on, you know, and I was looking for a notepad in the car because I always try to take a notepad with me in case something is said and I can jot it down. And I found um, on the first page of the notepad something I wrote a year ago as I was visiting this same church. And I, I wrote on that notepad that my stand for God is non-negotiable. Can you say that this evening, that your stand for God is non-negotiable, that you're going to be loyal to him and you can be loyal to him uh, no matter what. Don't don't use people for an excuse to, to stop going to church or anything, because that that is really something uh, going on the inside dealing with you, you know, that, OK, I'm going to not go to church because uh, sister, sister Vivian, I hope there's no one named Vivian, but sister Vivian. Um, looked at me the wrong way. And so I'm not going to go back to service. Well, you're, you're hurting yourself because out of sight is out of mind. After a while, uh, you will be forgotten about and people are going to go on with their lives, but you learn to overcome. We're overcomers. The Bible said overcome evil with good. And so you don't have to mistreat Sister Vivian uh, because Sister Vivian looked at you the wrong way. You know, Brother Vincent, uh, uh, you know, gave you a, 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 a the handshake was not firm. But maybe, maybe his handshake, he don't know how to have a firm handshake. So when you have shake his hand, you give a firm handshake to him. Listen, the stand with God is non-negotiable. You got to make that that declaration for yourself. 
And sometimes I tell the church, I say, repeat after me and say, you know, and it's to, so it is sinking to your spirit. And so you need to be aware and hear what is being instructed to you and not just go into auto mode drive or auto drive and say amen because you know how to say amen at the right time. I, yeah, I'm not that pastor. I'm not that pastor. You need to really be listening to what is said and follow the instructions of what is being given because it's being given for a reason. And, and so listen, do you negotiate with uh, with God? Do you try using negotiation tactics? And there are some that, that have tried this and I want to discourage this. So here's a few. I'll go to church, Lord, and, and, you know, and you tell the Lord that you're going to go to church. But and so you're adding conditions. I will go to church when you're adding conditions. I will go after. Why are you adding conditions telling God what you're going to do? We don't conditional add conditions to God. Conditions are good and for programming, uh, you know, uh, if, when and all that, you know. Um, else, you, no, it's, it's not good. Don't add conditions to God. But people do that. And that's wrong. The Bible said forsake not. And so that's just what it means. It didn't say you add a condition there. What if God said, I will allow a reasonable portion of health if you, I will win you, I will give you breath after you get to what if he made it conditional it would be pretty messed up and some of you don't know but you have placed yourself in a non-blessing position you you think you're blessed you think you're all right you because you're in such a mode of just doing it a certain way and, and so you're really in a non-blessed position and you, you want to get out of that you want to get out of it you want to step out of that. You want to step out of it sooner than later. Your loyalty is only as good as your actions. Ecclesiastes 5, the fifth chapter, I'm going to start at the fourth verse. It says, when thou vowest a vow unto God, defer not to pay it, for he have no pleasure in fools. Pay that which thou have vowed. Better is it that thou shouldest not vow then that thou shouldest vow and not pay. Suffer not thy mouth to cause thy flesh to sin. See, so some of that, uh, listen, neither say thou before the angels that it was an heir. Wherefore should God be angry at thy voice and destroy the works of thy hand? And so we have to be careful. Don't, don't, don't play these conditional roles with God, but be a faithful servant. Now, Abraham's servant asked was asked to carry out something important for his employer, Abraham. Abraham felt his employee uh, could be trusted with this particular request. And so we know that from the second, the first uh, couple of verses there in the scripture, Abraham said unto his elder servant in the house, uh, Abraham was blessed, obviously, because the Bible said he was blessed. The Lord said he was blessed. Others looked and, and said that he was blessed. And, and so uh, he had servants and servants. So for those that say, well, you know, you, you don't have. So yes, you do. You have employees. I'm looking to employ some folks, you know, in the coming year, as long as God should tarry and permit. Um, I believe that that everyone there's a job for everybody. 
And so listen, he said, put, I pray thee, thy hand under thy thigh, and I will make thee to swear. I'm going to make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that thou shouldest make, take a wife unto my son of the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell, but thou shalt not go into the country to my kindred and take a wife unto my son Isaac. Now, then we go to the fifth verse, and the servant said unto him, he's responding, Preadventure, the woman will not be willing to take to follow me into the land. Must I need go and bring, do I need to bring your son again unto the land from whence come? Now, when you're asked to do something, you should repeat what you've been asked so that you it's understood that you that you got it. If you don't get it, ask for clarity. Repeat the information back to the person and ask so that you can ask the right question. Sometimes we're asking the wrong question and we get an answer for that question. It was not what we were looking for. So you need to make sure that you're asking the right question so that you get the right answer. It's just like there's a song um, anyway, you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Anyway, you bless me, Lord, I'll be satisfied. Well, you know, you leave, that's an open statement. The blessing that I'm looking for is, is very specific. And so I don't sing that song um, too often because I'm looking for something. I'm certainly not praying that because I'm looking for a particular result you know and so uh, he asked what if she's not willing should i take isaac with me and abraham said unto him beware that thou shalt not bring my son i don't want you taking my son down there to meet nobody and intermingling him among the people and so no you will not take isaac with you you will not drag my son from place to place you know, and so that could be uh, discouraging among uh, many other things and that he is protecting his son from that. My son is royalty. So he's recognizing what God has said and what the Lord is able to do and who his son is. He is uh, he's going to be the father of, of. Of princes and, you know, and kingdoms. And so you're not going to drag him around like that. We're not doing that. And then there is the word of the Lord, which Abraham was standing on. Yes, the seventh verse says, the Lord, God of heaven, this is Abraham talking, which took me from my father's house and from the land of my kindred and which spake unto me that swear unto me, saying unto thy seed will I give this land. He shall send his angel before thee and thou shalt take a wife unto my son, from thence. And so he is standing on the word of God now because the Lord made this promise to him. And now, now he speaks about God sending a servant. He's going to send his angel before you. And so Abraham is speaking with expectations of what God is going to do. He's calling those. The Bible didn't say that the Lord told him this. He spoke this. You have the ability to speak some things. And I know that you've heard this before because we've been told, don't be negative. Don't talk negative. Don't say things, you know, those negative things. Don't let negative stuff come out of your mouth. 
because it goes into the atmosphere and it produces, it performs. And so then we're reaping the negativity that we've sown by what we spoke. Speak some good things. Speak some good things over yourself. Speak some good things over your family and over your friends. You know, speak those things and be consistent with that. Don't be consistent with talking about any and everything. Be consistent with, so let your words be few. And the Bible tells us that, that we should let our words be few and our yea be yea and our nay be nay. Uh, no, <laughs> yes, yes, and no, and no. <laughs> we should do that even as we are talking about different things. Um, and, and so therefore it would shut down some of the derogatory statements that are being made about quote unquote, I got my air quotes on here, um, the body, you know, um, for those that say that they are believers, but yet devouring one another, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Uh, this whole thing about, you know, being sensationalized, I'm telling you, and I'm looking for the Lord to, to show up. I'm looking for the Lord to come and, and I'm looking to be saved when he come. Everybody don't have that expectation. And some that have that expectation is still going to be lost. And that's a sad state to be in. And so you have to proceed in this life with caution. You have to proceed in this life with caution. And one of the ways that we do that is by being obedient to the word of God. There's no way around being loyal to God. And so just like Abraham, we must acknowledge the, the, the initial intervention of God. And this is what Abraham was doing. He took me from my father's house and, and from the land of my kid. And he spanked to me and, and swear unto me. And so God is, you, we have to acknowledge his initial, uh, um, what God initially done with us. And that is call us out, save us, separated us, intervene. Yes, there was intervention. He intervened from some of us was drug users. Some of us was was functioning dependents. You know, we we went to work and we did everything that we needed to do. But when we came home, we we got lit. Some of us didn't wait to get home. We was driving home, you know, um, with a bag between our legs and a, a straw. You know, we um, stop and get a thirty two ounce, pour some of it out. We'll pour all of it out and put in the cup what we wanted. So that way, uh, nobody knew what we had in that cup, except if our if we became impaired and started to swerve and stuff, because now we're intox totally intoxicated at that point. Uh, you know, so listen, but God intervened. God did something. And he brought us out of that situation, whether we were incarcerated for a moment or not. He brought us out. He got our attention. Sometimes we deal with some hurtful things, some painful things so that so that God can get our attention because it is the only way. And sometimes God deal with dreams and to get our attention because of the hardness of our heart. And the list can go on. So we're not going to go down that list. God did not bring you this far to leave you. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. So you need to understand that. He did not lure you out into the deep to let you go so that you'll drown. He didn't do that. No, he did not do that. Not when God is involved. There's a difference in, in self. Um, you know, some people grab hold, as they used to say, grab a briefcase and run out the door. Talk about God called me to preach. In every instance, when I was first called into the ministry, um, others saw it. But I did not leave the church immediately. 
I waited. Even matter of fact, I've waited an entire year before I even approached the pastor to talk about what I had heard and what's going on with me. There was an entire, because I wanted to make sure it wasn't me. I wanted to make sure that, that I'm not, you know, tripping. And I waited. And others, church mother would come and she said, you know, I see you over there because I, I played a bass guitar. At least I, I did. I, I still have a bass here. I see you over there, um, you know, hiding behind the organ, but you can't hide. God has called you. He's called you. And I, I would just smile and walk away because there was nothing else that I could and wanted to discuss and say, and especially not with them. It wasn't a discussion for them. It was a discussion to have with the pastor. And when I went to the pastor, the pastor said I, that, that they had already seen it and they knew that day was coming and they gave me their blessing and, and, and released me to go. Now, there was a whole, there's a whole lot of learning that I've done since then. And I can talk about that another time, but understand something. He didn't place you out. I'm not in the deep, didn't walk out into the deep to drown. That God knew what he was doing. And even with other callings and other exhortations that came upon me in my life, others saw it. And it didn't happen overnight where, you know, because God called you into something, all of a sudden you stop what you're doing, where you are, and you leave immediately and go into that. No, nope. I was just showing someone a something a supernatural uh, that God did in 2019. And they were, and each person that has seen this, and I don't share it with everyone, uh, you won't be able to see it. So, um, but that, but what it is, it's a visual, it's a picture of something, and they're at all of the material, the change that took place, the tangible change that identified something in my life. And, and so I say that to say that God uh, does not send us out or place us in situations without purpose. There's intent, there is purpose for the call. There was purpose then, and there is purpose now. Abraham is walking on God's word, and it's the same thing that we have to do. We must walk on his word. We have to depend on his word. The Bible says that his word is highly exalted above his name. Uh, Jesus said uh, heaven and earth will pass away before this word. So, so no matter what anyone says, the word, the word, and as long as you are in the word, I don't mean quoting the word. I don't mean that you're able to say uh, from Revelation all the way back to Genesis backwards. I'm talking about living, living the word. I'm talking about living the word so that it is honored by the Lord. And, and so don't let what you see others uh, do deter you or deter your response from God. And don't let what you hear others say uh, cause you to lose faith in God. They're not God. People are not God. They're not gods. Not in the sense of sovereignty. And we'll talk about that another time. But listen here. And if the woman will not be willing to follow thee, then thou shalt be clear. So I'm going to dismiss the oath that has come, that has been presented. If you are um, 
when you go to carry this out, if they're not willing, then then that's fine. There's not you can't make them. And so if you're not if they're not willing, then you're going to have to um, follow. You're free. You're free of the vow. And so at that point, the servant went along with what was said and put his hand under the thigh of Abraham. Thank you, Jesus. So we're going to I'm going to stop right there. I want to thank God for each of you that have uh, taken time out to join in to this Bible lesson and to hear what the word of God has to say. You know, again, the question is, how loyal are you? You know, are we as loyal to God? And my prayer is that you are encouraged uh, to be loyal. Be your best unto the Lord. Be your best. Be your best. You know, we deal with truth. We deal with truth. Uh, the Bible said truth gives us freedom. And so we deal with the truth of things and not um, not cliches. Uh, we don't deal with other stuff. You know, we don't get mad. But we're dealing with truth. Deal with the truth and be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to whatever he has to say. You know, Again, I want to emphasize this. You don't always have to understand what God is saying. Um, you you don't have to always understand, uh, but know that that there is intent, there is purpose for what he is telling you to do and to be faithful unto him. You know, um, I'll leave you with this. When I received a call and was asked to be faithful unto the Lord in certain areas, uh, servanthood, I asked that the Lord would confirm it through a certain method. And he did each time. He did each time. And there has been, and, and with a calling doesn't mean that it happens overnight. It's over time. David, and you know this already, David was made king over Israel, but Saul was still holding the office. All right. So let's, let's, we'll stop there again. Thank you. Uh, God bless you. Uh, of Walter, um, Margo and uh, Victor and uh, Nada uh, for joining into the Bible class this evening. God bless you in your respective places, you know? Um, and so we're going to have prayer and, and uh, uh, brother Don, Deacon Don, uh, I see you there. And so thank God for his goodness and grace. I, I solicit your prayers. Continue to pray for me. Uh, let's pray. We're again, we're in California and I was looking at statistics, you know, um, and there are many souls that are listening to the word of God in California. And, you know, and so we're blanketing the state. And my prayer is that souls are being blessed and, and walking faithful with the Lord. I'm just a voice. I'm just one crying out in this wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. So with that being said, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Lord God, for each person that has, has taken the time to join in to the Bible class, Lord God, and to receive of what has been said. I ask that you would bless them, Lord God. You know the need of every individual. Lord God, you you know uh, what is what needs to be done, Lord God, moving forward. Lord, you know the prayers of their hearts. You know, Lord God, the unspoken request. Lord, I ask that you would bless those things to line up with your will. Lord God, bless your people, Lord God. And I, and I know you will. 
I know you will, Lord God, and I thank you because you already have sent uh, your word, which is a blessing to our soul. You wash us by your word. Thank you because we're cleansed at this moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Lord, we bless you, Lord Jesus. And we just want to thank you. We just want to say thank you for who you are. You're sovereign. Lord God, we just want to acknowledge you, Lord God, for your goodness and your grace in our lives. I ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Be blessed. Ah, oh, you know what? I, I'm just, let me, <laughs> I'm sorry, let me say this again. Um, May 30th and 31st, June 1st is coming up and we will be um, celebrating uh, our Pentecost service in Rancho Cucamonga, which is near the Ontario airport in Southern California. We're looking for a mighty time in the Lord, a time of deliverance, souls to be saved. And so you're going to want to be there, especially on that first night, because it is a special night, that Thursday night at 7 p.m. And we're going to have all this information posted um, um, by the first of the year. It's being prepared to be posted and going to keep emphasizing this because I'm excited. I am excited about what the Lord's going to do. And I'm so excited that sometimes I cry. Sometimes I laugh. Yes. Yes, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with the joy of what I envision, you know, what I see. I'm just so excited because it's God. And I just sometimes I'm at I'm at all of what God has done in my life and and those that he is adding to my life for the work of the ministry. You know, as we work together, it is not a big eye, little you, but we're all in this together. And, and so with all sincerity, you're going to want to be here to, 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 um, to be part of the service. If you have not visited our website, go to ConnectingTruth.org, ConnectingTruth.org. Again, that is ConnectingTruth.org. God bless you. Yes, connectingtruth.org. All right. All right, God bless.